You're listening to the GD Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Dads. Legends in game, heroes at home. What's up, everybody? It's Mike, Matt, and Clay for the GD Podcast. And I'll chime in every time I've got something boring to say. And we are talking today about origin stories. Put the alliteration together. Yeah, I'm a nerd when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, um, that's why I asked. You're the professional. <laughs> you speak the original English. I only speak the dumb English. <laughs> the dumb English. <laughs> it's called Traders English. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how has everyone been? I think. I think I've been okay. I don't know. It was um a it was a regular irregular week. It didn't. It didn't feel normal, but but I don't think any week has for a while. So uh, you know, we we made our made the best of it. Uh, Matthew, what about you, bud? My day's been really good, actually. Oh. Well, the whole week has. Someone's got laid. I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but Jasper, the newborn, well, he's just gone seven weeks, and he's at that phase now. And I'd forgotten about these little phases, actually. Because it's been just four and a half years since we had one. Um, but he's at that phase now where he's smiling a lot intentionally and he's copying you doing that. Um, yeah, at the other end of things, my son, Oakley, he's, well, he's six. And he's, he, he, he tries to make us laugh as much as he possibly can. Like that's his goal <laughs> all the time. And he's going through this phase now where he'll, He'll go to another room and disappear for half an hour or an hour and just think, okay, he's, he's just playing with Lego or he's reading a book or something. And then he'll shout at you saying, Daddy, I need you. And then um, I've become really skeptical now because of this thing he's doing. You'll go. And the first time he did this with me, I didn't tell my wife because I wanted him to catch her too. I went into <laughs> his room expecting him to like say, I was expecting him to either be stuck under something or needing help with something. No, he was down on all fours facing away from me with his pants down and his ass up in the air <laughs> and he finds it fucking hilarious as did i my wife wasn't such a fan of it and, so you um... caught the inverted alien if anyone's seen waiting <laughs> like like that's all that happened there he got you <laughs> yeah yeah it's, I, I i love pranks on all of banter so he's definitely got that from me Oh, see, pranks pranks are too much for me sometimes, man. Like, I will... My family used to be really big on April Fool's Day. Like, that was that was their thing. So April 1st, it was... I, I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like every year they were trying to top it. Um, and I, so I grew up, like, with a great fear of pranks. And nothing was ever, like, dangerous. It was never anything weird. It was like, you know, what did I do to my son recently? So... When this was a few years ago, so he's a little bit younger than he is now. But uh, I was making dinner, and there was a there was butter out there, and uh, he he saw I had sliced a couple of pads of butter, and he thought it was cheese because we eat you know white sharp cheddar cheese all the time. And he said, "Can I have a piece of cheese?" Oh man, it was like time <laughs> slowed down, everything, and it was just like. Thank you for gifting this moment to me <laughs> as a father, and I was like, yeah. You can have some cheese. And sure enough, he picked it up, took a huge bite out of the butter, spit it right out. And he was like, it's butter. I was like, yeah. 
did you let me do that? I said, because when was I ever going to have the chance to do that again? Like, and then I realized like that was that moment where I was like, oh, that's why my parents loved Halloween. Oh my God. They scared us all the time and always tried to have like the, the freaky, you know, the, the guy, I learned how to tie a noose when I was 13 because my dad was like, well, it's got to look realistic. And here we go. <laughs> David, how are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. It's been a tough week. It's been a long week. But uh, yeah, but you know what? It used to be where I would look forward. It used to be where the weekends were more brutal than the, than the school week because at least during the school week, I was home working uh, and the kids were at school. But now, right. because of uh, because of UK lockdown, we're uh, it's looking like we're gonna the lockdown's gonna be in it's, it's it's in full effect. The kids are off school probably until Easter. Probably, yeah, right. probably. Oh wow! So yeah, we've got a mandatory stay at home order as well, like for the for the unless unless you need to be out, obviously. So yeah, it's been it's it's a bit tough. Um, my my poor kids' school had to put out a. They had to put out um, an announcement asking for laptops and tablets because there's a lot of there's a lot of people struggling at the moment. Um, so yeah, and it's is the, the kids are quite stressed out. They're they're trying their hardest, bless them. But that, that long distance learning stuff, man, you got to, it's difficult because you got to be on them, oh, to yeah. be on themselves, and asking a thirteen year old to kind of take care of right. their education to take much more uh, responsibility for it than than in different circumstances. I still can't do it. I'm 42. So I, <laughs> I, I have yeah. trouble. I have to be managed. I, I think there were a lot of really awesome things that happened during quarantine. And, you know, like really trying to put a for me right now, trying to put a spin on it, like find the positive right. things, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I found out that I can do my job from home pretty easily. Um, but But also there's like I got to spend so much more time with the family than I ever would have in any other situation. And like, it's a very tense time and it was a very scary time at first, but like having that, having that umbrella and being in the house together really like, I, I feel like brought us a lot closer. You know, the, the problem is now it's been like dragging on and dragging on. And, and I, I really am, kind of fascinated by the perspective of what our kids must think of the time that they're they're spending like this you know i think we have we have 25 30 40 years experience you know doing in life so this is like a huge adaptation for a lot of people but we still have all this previous experience or or at least like i think about it like we've had all these other times we were able to do computations and like we had all this time to process but they're like, this is not like this isn't normal. But they don't really know what normal is anyway. Yeah, so it's like, kind of ripped away and thrown into it all, especially for the younger kids. Yeah, like my daughter, she she was still in nursery, um, and it just ended all of it all so quickly. And bless her, there was one night where I could really tell how much she was getting to it because she'd gone to bed and she bit. I checked, she'd been asleep. Like half an hour later, I checked and she was asleep. But then about an hour later, we just woke, she woke up screaming in tears and I went up to speak to her and it took me about 10, 15 minutes to calm her down, just cuddling her. I was like, right, I'll wait till she's settled a little bit before I ask her. Otherwise, I'm just going to get this inaudible blur of sound 
that vaguely resembles English. The longest, <laughs> wettest word you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, good, good move. That is that is a dad uh, pro right there. I'm going to give it some uh, time before I ask. Yeah, but she, but she just said, I miss my friends because oh. we weren't in touch with any of them outside of it. And she said, I miss nursery. I miss my teachers. I miss all this. And I didn't have the heart to, I thought, how do I explain this again? Yeah. Just when you thought she had some kind of understanding of it, it's best a three or four year old can. Yeah, it was tough. But she's that's, okay now. It's fucking heartbreaking, right? Like that that moment when it's when it's, you know, video games because we can't go anywhere and we're not allowed out, you know. <laughs> when it's like video games all day with dad there. Yeah, lockdown. But no, those those moments where they're like, oh, I just wanna I just want to go play or I want to see so-and-so or why haven't we seen Grammy in nine months? It's crazy, man. We'll never like, we won't know for a long time how each individual child, like all of our individual little persons are going to be affected by this. I mean, let alone the world, but that's a much bigger thing. I'm trying to stay gaming dad world, but like just how our kids, you know, this is like, this is like, potentially i don't want to scare anybody but this is like superhero super villain shit we could get some kids that were like lockdown is why i am this way <laughs> you know with the with the lockdown supermarket complex. on fire behind them yeah you know the airplanes falling out of the sky because of the magnet gun they created you know but you know maybe we'll have evil geniuses in the making right totally now. totally this is like this is the start of their their origin story is, is well, lockdown and to, to go on that so like lockdown has created um a mass market so like r3 we we, we homeschool here in the states um and so you're basically brave man i mean i was homeschooled growing up my wife was homeschooled growing up i mean that's why i'm awkward and weird to begin with um <laughs> you know if you couldn't already tell um so basically for them, it was kind of a norm, but we were still highly active. You know, we were, my kids did drama. We're getting into karate and all this other stuff. And and then lockdown happens. Um, and, you know, one, we stopped going to church because it's like we're not getting around that many people. Uh, Jesus will understand, um, <laughs> you know, like like he gets it. Um, and so basically they they were affected not as bad but i mean definitely not being able to go to see family that they were close to not going to see certain friends that they were close to um so it even affected all the way across the board but what i think is the good part about it is is that one you, you do get to spend more time and you do get to be more intimate in that way but also that it's going to create a different world because they're going to get bored of video games yes i said it you can get bored of video games we oh all know God. we've all been in that doldrum i know it's Dude, gaming dads i didn't even consider that and um, basically after that, they will go to create. So in like I, I look at it as more so we're not going to see supervillains. We're going to see the world's best hackers come out of this shit, <laughs> you know, or like or like, you know, sculptors or painters. We're, we're breeding that next thing, because when we look at World War Two um, or right after World War One, sorry, what happened? All these artists and people who were doing this stuff in the trenches went to France and set and became the world's greatest artists, poets, you know, all these great things came out of this turmoil because there has to be naturally a silver lining to turmoil. So we're looking at our kids and we're going, yeah, you're locked down, but eventually we're going to be looking at the next great game developer, you know, the next great, um, you know, social network developer, um, then Picasso, the artist. You only know what you're capable of when you're pushed. 
and that's exactly what it's going to do is is yeah. push all their boundaries. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have gone so evil with it, but that was <laughs> Well, but I mean, again, every I mean, that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, every story has a beginning. And you know, just like our stories, we had our beginnings out of some necessity, whether it be an outcast or what have you, that this is theirs. This is their shining moment into what they will become because society and life is well, telling it has to be, you know. I will never play Mass Effect the same way. Now that now that we've <laughs> thought of this, I'm going to be like, "Who hurt you, Shepard?" <laughs> well, Careful. but I mean, I, I haven't yeah. played any of them yet. Okay, no spoilers then. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers. Just don't play the last one that doesn't have Shepard in it. We don't talk about that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> we don't it, talk it, about. It's also like the last season of Scrubs. We don't talk about that. It's too, it's too much. It's, it's too deep. <laughs> just reminded me something actually when you mentioned the outcast thing and then thinking of games i haven't played i'm i was born in 87 and the first game i played was on this on the nes you guys call it the nes don't I, you i was gonna say yeah. you use two rocks and a stick <laughs> <laughs> but it was at a friend's house um you know we were a poor family and um I never had a console until the Sega Mega Drive, and that was handed down to me in a plastic bag. You know, oh wow! I, uh, yeah, but <laughs> so I'm I'm from the net the '90s retro age, and uh, I've never played Mario Kart. I've only played a little bit of GoldenEye because I wanted an N64. Would have loved one, but we couldn't afford one. And I went. I used to play at my friend's house, and he had got the N64. But around that time, he got into the crowd of bullies at school and became friends with them through, I think it was through football class or something. And from after then he stopped letting me play around at his house and he only lived two doors down. So I went from having gaming every now and then to having none. So it was like a couple of years went by before I could game on anything again. Uh, and that's when I got that Sega mega drive and yeah, to this day I haven't played it because I don't just want to, I, I could emulate it, but I want to get down with a bunch of guys who have an actual N64 and do it properly, experience right. it as I should have done. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're not missing much because of the Triton controller. You're just going to come away with early onset, like chicken finger, chicken wing hands, <laughs> you know, from, from the arthritis that it gives you having to play the damn thing. Um, but I mean, Donkey Kong for sure. You got to play the Donkey Kong. Yeah. That, oh, that yeah. one is definitely worth it. I wanted it for that Pokemon game. I can't remember what it was called. The one where you just went around on a safari taking pictures. Oh, Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon picture or whatever it was. Yeah. That yeah, thing. See, I never that had was the, why I wanted it. I never had the N64 either. Or uh, I think I had my family had the NES first or the NES. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a crowning achievement. The first like kind of big thing that I ever bought for myself was I, I saved up my money and I bought myself a Sega Genesis, the 16-bit. And I guess was, the, was that the Mega Drive in the UK? Is that what you yeah. called it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first one that I bought. And that was the last console I owned until the PlayStation 1 came out, I think. So there were like, I don't know, there were like five or six consoles before the PS1 finally came out after the Sega Genesis. <laughs> but that was it. I was still playing Mortal Kombat 2 with three buttons and the, and the D-pad. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. 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 That was huge. That was huge. <laughs> See, I remember my, my first, very first console was an NES I got for 10 bucks. 
um, at a garage sale and I wish I had it. And it came with a plethora of games, just new rando games. Um, so I started on there and I was like, okay with it, but I always wanted something more because this was like PlayStation one was out and that was the mm. big thing. Oh, okay. So, so this was very retro at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was even retro then. So like I remember my first true experience with a game console was street fighter alpha two. Um, and I fell in love with just the movement, the complexity of it all. Um, and, you know, it was, that was it. And then I don't know if anyone's played, um, oh God. Uh, it's the game where you have to find your way off the damn island with the lighthouse. Mist. Oh, Mist. Mist. Yeah. yeah, I remember playing Mist for like 30 hours and oh, never yes. getting but like two fucking clues to do anything. Um, <laughs> and I hated it. It was it was like the original original Benjamin Foddy's getting over it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just complete maddening. But I still played it because it was yep. a beautiful game and it just yeah. opened this world that there's something else here. I clicked spacebar on every pixel in that game <laughs> twice and never got past the I was like, quite second lucky. task. <laughs> I was quite lucky because at my primary school, um, in the final year of it, and so in the UK, for anyone who's listening who's not in the UK, um, oh, we knew by the word primary school. Yeah. <laughs> so you're about 10 or 11 um, in your final year of primary. And my teacher then, there was a small PC just outside the classroom, and we were given half an hour slots in like teams of three to play on this game, Mist. And he had the like the, the game came with a booklet like a guide on what to do but he would only let you use that if you tried an entire session and said right if you're still stuck next week when you have your session you can read one chapter of it to figure out what to do but i was just we were just the same like we didn't understand what the hell to do um it was really tough but i enjoyed the challenge of it and i'm looking forward now to introducing my son to it someday because we never i never completed it and i want to but you can actually they, they remastered it like you can yeah. get it on ipad yeah. and all sorts now and it's you can either get like a reimagined version that's still point and click and move but there's a fully <laughs> 3d version of it now too i don't think i'd enjoy that as much maybe it's like uh yeah the escape room the escape room of itness i guess gave way to like being able to try to figure it out um and that i guess was what made it difficult the 3d would be like okay can i peek this corner can i glitch this wall you know all mm -hmm. that bullcrap but um but that leads to a question actually so mike what is where did you start i know you mentioned the nes some um, and we've we've kind of hit on a lot of like random things but yeah yeah where where is the birth of either you, know, you can start with you know the birth of, of the gaming dadness that we are or like the original what is your hero's story oh yeah well so um i would definitely say so i'm the youngest my my brother and sister were much older than me they're 10 years and eight years older than me oh wow so i'm the youngest but i was born in 79 so the first console i ever actually played on was an atari 2600 that my parents used to play like <laughs> when they were dating and <laughs> they so I, I, that was actually the first thing I ever played on um but we were always uh, a huge board game family too like they mostly the classics uh, everybody hated monopoly but we played it anyway pictionary always started fights my parents would m just murder anybody at scrabble that was like their game hands down scrabble and trivial pursuit but you know, as I as I grew up, it led to you know 
cooler games, stuff like Hero Quest, um, board games like that. But it was definitely around like eight or nine when I was eight or nine that the NES came out and we actually got one for Christmas. And at it, like at that point, I wish I had had the foresight to to go into design and actually kind of go into the video game world and create because I I fell in love with the video game um, method of storytelling and entertainment from from the beginning so it was it was definitely is definitely a love that i still share with board games and tabletop games and card games and stuff like that but um but yeah i think the first thing was was the super mario and duck hunt but what i consider my my like launch into uh an identity with video games was playing the first ninja gaiden on the NES that oh, wow. side scrolling game. It is, it is so hard too. It's such a difficult game. And uh, it's one of the few games on the NES that I actually forced myself to complete and like get through the whole storyline. And I was like nine or 10 years old, like tearing up at the end, like, <laughs> yes! like this thing that I accomplished. Cause I'm pretty sure you had to go. I mean, you had to go straight through if you were playing i don't think ninja gaiden right. was a game that gave you codes like you can save now on the switch which i love you play on the switch and you play nes online and ninja gaiden i'm like save my progress this is great kids are spoiled <laughs> i used to have to i had to play my nintendo both ways uphill 10 feet of snow and you can save in ninja gaiden get out of here <laughs> get me a beer get me a beer <laughs> 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 that's what i did i made i made waiters fair fair so you came from a gaming background though like yeah. it was facilitated encouraged it was kind of just the the, the culture I, of the home so you're you're I think so, second yeah. gen nerdlet basically yeah yeah because my folks even though they wouldn't have they wouldn't have associated it like that it was definitely how they socialized and and something they enjoyed to do together so yeah i think and and i mean as far as the dad portion of it um you know, my family was always um, was all. I had a great childhood, so I I had very little to complain about as a kid. I mean, that's why I'm like chubby and happy is because I <laughs> I basically played with Star Wars toys and ate peanut butter my entire life, and that was it. Um, so I was I was pretty pretty awesome. So so it just like I, I always had like a really positive family vibe too. So I've always kind of had that paternal. Like, I want to do this. I want to have kids and I want to be the cool dad and I want to teach them how to drive when they're older. And I want to, you know, explain why Coke is better than Pepsi or, you know, like what, <laughs> whatever the, <laughs> the argument is, which I don't even drink brown soda anymore because you wouldn't be able to roll me through that door. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so I think like those 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 two major parts, like just having a really positive family life and a good good childhood and and you know just the love of games and that sort of community and and the family time together um just made it you know made me who i am you know among you know other factors their love of music and all that kind of stuff but but that's definitely what i try to experience with my kids now and and bring to them is that sense of like you know we're all different and you're all you're all powerful and you're great and good and but like like this is this is like how we all come together and we spend time as a family not exclusively but 
you know, there's a lot of cooperation and there's a lot of learning how to deal with failure and learning, you know, strategies and making mistakes. You know, there's, there's endless learning experiences from the, you know, gaming as an, I hate saying hobby because hobby makes it seem like you do it in your, you know, spare time, which most of us, you know, that's, that's all you have is your spare time, but. Right. Right. I think the word you're looking for is culture culture there i didn't want to say art because i don't <laughs> i don't necessarily feel like i'm creating art when i'm crushing my kids in fortnite <laughs> creative fair but enough culture fair enough. definitely definitely yeah. yeah matthew what about you bud what would be your answer to that of kind of like origin and kind of like how that you know festered in you and just kind of like mm. well shaped you um, I, my I think it makes me want to talk about my fondest gaming memories of my childhood, really, because um, I'm very much like the opposite in regarding my situation as a kid to Mike, because not to sorrow the tone, but I lost my dad when I was four, and um, so after he after he left us, my, I had six brothers and sisters. I'm the second youngest, Jeez. and yeah, so my mom went from a stereotypical housewife. Because um, from the era she was in, she didn't have any major qualifications or anything, so she was just doing all these uh, <clears throat> these part-time jobs, like five or six of them, just to keep the roof on over our head and food on the table. So a lot of the time she was out, and my older brothers and sisters were looking after us. So in that time, you know, before I'm getting towards the end of primary school, I was really close to my younger sister. We were best friends and inseparable. So when you know, we always played together, we shared a room and everything. But when we got that Sega Mega Drive given to us and we got introduced to that properly, so rather than having an odd hour at most every couple of weeks at a friend's house, we were able to spend some time in the evenings. And my mom was very much the kind who wanted us you know, to read as much as we could, go out and play as much as we could, and we always did. Um, but looking back, the amount of fun we had, I think it was an escape from that situation of um, the struggle financially at home where i mean even then we only had like half an hour an hour at a time because we couldn't afford to have the electricity running with these things um not wow, stop for hours on end but um things got better over time though but i think for me when it really made me start thinking about gaming and family was that relationship with my younger sister and how gaming came into that and our biggest one was when a friend of mine lent me Final Fantasy VII. So I, we were both at secondary school by this point. And we'd gamed a lot over time. But when we got given a PlayStation 1 uh, by my sister's boyfriend, um, and it all, because I think it'd been out a couple of years by that point, um, and a friend of mine at school mentioned Final Fantasy to me. He'd completed it. And I'd never even heard of the thing, even playing Nintendo and stuff. Never heard of him. Um, he suggested I should play it. And I was, I was hooked. And I think about after a couple of hours into it, we both devised this plan to, um, <laughs> if my mom listens to this, by the way, she's going to be fuming when she hears this. We, <laughs> we both devised a plan to fake being sick so that we could stay off school oh. for a few days and really time sink into it. And I think we got burned through the first couple of discs because while she was out at work, my older brothers and sisters um, were out doing their work. My younger sister was... Sorry, my first older sister. She was only a couple of years older than me. She'd be at school. So um, 
you know, someone had stayed at home while my mum was working to look after us, make sure we weren't home alone. But they thought that we were upstairs just sick in bed. We weren't. We were playing Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was over the years when we went on to PS2 and she, um, me and her saved up to buy a PS3. Um, it made me start thinking about the prospect because I knew I wanted to have a family one day. I started planning it when I was six. I remember being at the side of the playground at school and everyone's out there playing hopscotch or skipping and playing football and whatever. I just one day just got this urge to go and sit at the side. I took my coat off and took myself onto, onto the corner of this wall. Took my coat off and hooded, uh, put the hood over my head. I just started thinking about adult life and planning what kind of family I wanted, what my wife would look like, what our house would be like, what cars we'd drive, all this stuff. And a teacher came over to me, you know, tapped me on the shoulder, asked what I was doing, and I told her. And the look on her face, she must be so shocked to see this six-year-old boy prophesizing about what his future was going to be like. And I remember her <laughs> saying to me, she said, um, I was going to tell you to get up and start playing with the others. And she, said, but she, she smiled and they said, you know what? Carry on. And she let me be. <laughs> nice. That's all right. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, what about you, Clay? Um, I mean, it, it's it's a lot like Matthews. Um, I I did have a parental, a male parental in the house with my stepdad, but it was always like super tense, broken family um, type of thing. A lot of domestic violence type of stuff. Um, just think trailer park, but a really nice car out front that that encompasses my childhood here in Texas. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, two years of therapy, we're good. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, like I said, my real first one that I got was an NES and I played it and it was hit or miss, but we lived on a lot of land, so I'd go out and play. Um, the only time I can really remember just getting addicted to a game was honestly like fairly recent um and and i say okay. that but it's not but it's it's 06 um so for some of us further back than others you know <laughs> uh and that's with oblivion uh oblivion the elder scrolls series was the first game that i truly saw that i was like what the fuck is this you know <laughs> like holy hell this is this is something more than I've ever seen before. You know, yeah. I, I would do, I would play a lot with uh, PS2. I do, uh, what is it? Uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, I'd speed run that game, got to such a point I could do it in like four hours, you nice. know, <laughs> and just run through it and just be done. Um, and so like, that was fun and it was a good horror game, but really sitting down and seeing Oblivion where you could go do anything, be who you wanted to be and just explore that's what like sunk that hook in and completely just changed everything um it's what led to later in life um me and my wife we you know started gaming she has just as many hours as i do in oblivion now um which is less than most i found out i thought 900 <laughs> hours in oblivion was like yeah. oh my god um no i mean that I know, seems like a lot for me but it, it, yeah um but then come to find out there's people with like three thousand hours in oblivion and you're like what the hell did you do Dude, that game you know? is so dense though that's an awesome <laughs> that's an awesome yeah. launching point oh yeah oh yeah and um it's people who claim eight thousand hours in is six six thousand eight thousand hours in like no man's sky and that's been around since i think 2016 yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, so that's when I got hooked. And then I quickly, you know, went into board games shortly thereafter, started 40 K I've played that started doing that competitively. It was, you know, just this fun inner engaging strategic kind of game. Um, and then that just led into D and D, um, you know, or Pathfinder doing all that tabletop role playing, um, which is like a whole different kind of, of, you know family engagement when you introduce the family to it right (laughs) well yeah well it's like so when when my younger ones all of them all three of my little girls have seen us sit down every monday night and roll dice and enter this world and we have a rule of like you have to be 10 pretty much in that range to to truly play or it's just going to be kind of weird for you yeah 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 Um, i can attest to that and so, you know, we wanted them to enjoy the world because we enjoy it so much. So like my, my eight-year-old and my, my 10-year-old, um, a couple Saturdays a month, sit down online and now play D&D because it's something they're into doing because they've seen us bring joy from that kind of like your, uh, your backstory, Mike, where it's just, you know, kind of they see it, they want it, and they, they can be given it, you know. And so we're able to do that when we weren't given that, you know. Um. And that's mostly the bread and butter now. I, I do a lot of like mostly Overwatch now, competitive <laughs> Rocket League type of stuff now, um, which is drastically different again from where I started. Um, right, right. But I, I think it's, I think it goes to show mostly that, you know, I ran to it because of the, the, the upbringing I had, you know, being a fractured home and everything. It's always tense, always violent in some way or another. Um, being able to escape in that world was the biggest thing for me. Being able to just, I'm going to be here. Nothing else matters. I'm, I'm doing this, um, you know, because no one, no one could tell me, you know, hey, disappointed in you or anything. It was just, oh, I didn't complete a quest. Fine, take a shank. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like I can deal with that problem right now. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it, it's very, it's, it's kind of the in between, you know we're now being kind of like your parents were Mike, but I can very much relate to Matthew's um, backstory of, you know, this, it's a very rough time and and leaning on games to help relieve some of that anxiety and everything that comes along with those hard times. Yeah. I'm a, I, I love a story. That's like whatever, whatever drives it, you know, some of my, some of my favorite songs, you know, the, movies and when it comes to D D, you know that's the aspect i love about it you know there's all there's all different kinds of players out there and no matter what it is whether it's video games or or board games or you know i'm i'm driven by like the story that's being told and even if it's not necessarily a a narrative kind of game um there's still something about the 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 mythos to it the mythology behind it we have this game right. called the shipwreck arcana which okay, is a, okay. which is a card game by mesomorph games and they're this yeah. like little indie developers just two twin brothers um one guy does all the art and the other guy does all the game design and um it's this game where you are working together to figure out the number that you got that you're holding but you're not allowed to tell the other person. And so it's like you use these tarot cards with different abilities. It's a, it's a long thing to go into, but like there's no real story, but it is a cooperative card game that, that we get super wrapped up in 
um, just because of like the art on the cards. And so it's like, if, if something has a, has a story or even, even a good production design that, that makes me go into a, a, a story world in my head, you know, that, that launches me off into something I'm, I'm hooked. I so mean, I like must... when things explode and go right. know, pow pow too, but um, yeah, stories I really dig. So you must be one of like the most upset people that Telltale shut down then. Yes. Oh God, I loved <laughs> Telltale games. The Batman ones, they're so good. And yeah. like, th there really is a time and a place, you know, my, uh, probably the stuff that I play the most now is like Red Dead Redemption 2 and, and games Blow like that. Up. I go mount up. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the regulators. regulators. <laughs> and these are not necessarily role playing games. You know, with Red Dead, I'm mostly doing online, but but also it is like I've I've created my character and avatar in the image that I like. You know, he's like this old professor. I call him the professor, and I and I've and I've gone through and given him this little backstory. Like it's not super detailed, but every once in a while something will happen, and I'm like, oh yeah, well that that makes sense because the professor <laughs> philosophy or something like that. Right. So I'm still not exactly sure what he's a professor of, but that's the impression I got from him when you first was appeared. a philosopher. Yeah, because well, of the little glasses and everything yeah. and the smart dress. You look like you just come out of a university class. Yeah, on a horse, yeah. and so and yeah, so even that character, my online avatar, like I'll I will probably never change him because I love that he's this old old guy professor who's decided that he's gonna go for one last hurrah in the West and like go on an adventure. And so some days when he goes on an adventure, he's a real badass and he's like a bounty hunter and he's getting his kicks that way. And then some days, man, I just log into that game and I just go hunting, you know, or like <laughs> go fishing, it's walk around. Escape. Yeah. We'll see that's but that and that's right. But like a lot of those games are based out of D&D. I mean, heck, yeah. uh, Fallout, it comes out of Gamma World, which is an old RPG. Um, and like if you play Gamma World for all those out there who have actually played the tabletop version of Gamma World, you I've sit there and you're like, that. and you sit there and you're like, this is fucking Fallout. You know, there's <laughs> shelters, you have this thing, you got to go replant the earth after the bombs explode and all this stuff. And it's super big into that. And um and so a lot of these games have come out of D&D. &D. You can even, uh, Todd Howard of, of uh, Bethesda even says a lot of Elder Scrolls is inspired by the old first edition, second edition D&D. &D. Sure. You know? And it, it doesn't even have to be because there's elves in it or warriors or right. anything like that. Like even Red Dead rolls internal dice yeah. based on your skill set yep. when you shoot at somebody and, you know, is your gun dirty? You just got a uh -huh. minus to your skill, you know, is your and it all comes from the mechanics of of some guys who in the 70s basically sat around and they went, how can we <laughs> play a game in a fantasy world like how yeah. can we create our own fantasy world i had no idea about any of this yeah <laughs> it was generally very much... not know. you know what i really love about about role-playing games i love that they take you that the more they take you deeper into that world the more it can you are immersed in in sort of pretending to be this other person and i think that's frowned upon so much but that escapism and doing it in such a constructive and very specific and singular way is so important, I think, to a person's mental health in terms of 
being able to let go and be somewhere else just for a minute. Yeah. I think that they, that that impact the impact that that has on mental health especially on on us guys um I think is such it's such an overlooked um it's such an overlooked fact. Oh yeah. Well yeah, it is I agree. so like I I almost cried so I play I play like 3 times a week D&D. Um I'm a player in two and I, I host and run one as a DM myself. And I, wow, I like legitimately, awesome. <laughs> I legitimately cried almost like in front of like six people on zoom <laughs> in a session because a good friend of mine, DM like pulled this very tongue in cheek um, combat. We were in an arena. I was supposed to fight it to atone for some things that my character did da, 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 da. And I rip off the helmet of this guy. And it's like my dead mentor that I, in my backstory, you know, held as he was dying before like orcs killed all of us and I got resurrected, all this shit. And he's I'm like, I'm not even in this session and I got chills just yeah, hearing and you describe that. And, and he goes, and, and his first words just goes, You've done well. Oh. My death is not yours. And I'm like, <gasps> Okay. Those, those moments are so okay. good man you know oh. and 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 he pulls it and it it literally allows me to go we have a rule at our tables that you don't play you you play who you want to be because in the world it tells us we have to be a certain way that all these things have to make us this and we have to do this go to work go do this you play who you want to be mm. and so mine is this very emotional yet you know, can stand on his own two feet, but is still fragile because he cares too much. And to be able to hear, like, you know, I'm proud of you. You done well, you know, as a guy, like we, like, I don't care who you are. If you say that doesn't matter, you're lying out your fucking teeth. Um, <laughs> you know, every guy, whether it's from their father, their grandfather, or like some big male figure wants to hear you've done well. Yeah. Did good. Mm. Like that right there, like that's all we want to hear. Because every grown man is just a fucking little boy trying to make someone proud at the end of the day. <laughs> like, you know, and that's what D&D &D does. It allows us to experience those things that we were either robbed of or couldn't get. Or even for some of us that did get that, but because our parents passed or whatever has happened, we get to hear it again. You know, we get to relive that. Yeah. And it allows us to do it in a safe environment where everyone around you is cheering your name to do so, where everyone's your biggest fan. You know, um, yeah. that's why role playing and D&D &D and all that stuff is so impactful for mental health, just like David said, is because it gives us that even though it's in a fucking fantasy world and I'm rolling dice to figure shit out, just that alone takes years off of mental illness. Um, I agree. Like, and, and to do that, like uh, therapists are now actually devising plans to use D and D as a psychological thing, um, oh, wow. to where they'll they'll play a D and D game with one or two people, usually a husband and wife, and it's been proven to actually fix marriages, fix relationships, friendships, because you're getting stuff out through this world and you're not realizing it. Oh yeah, so, man. That's so there's there's power in the game. Um, you know, we, we all heard Yu-Gi-Oh! Heart of the Cards, fuck that, Heart of the Game, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure every character I've ever created in D&D, &D, even though if you lined them all up and said, oh, these are all very different, you know, yeah. characters, they've all started as a fuck-up, specifically so that I could have an arc where they were redeemed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think I realized that until just now. <laughs> when you're you got talking a revelation. About it. Oh man, I have been working out some shit. 
Yeah. Oh man. Every single yeah. one of them's been like a lazy, roused about, you know, womanizer. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, what? I didn't even. You never really put it in that kind of perspective. But well, that's but, the real beauty of it all for me. Gaming in general, whether it's board games with the family, simple ones, or D and D that's complex, or if it's actual video games, whatever. You know that it's doing you some good when you are that into it that you forget that it's not the real world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with things like Oblivion for me, like I was the same when Skyrim and Final Fantasies back in the day. When you when you get that moment, especially when you're getting tired and you know it's time to come off, and you think, well, crap, it feels like your brain's been on autopilot and you feel good. I mean, for me, even if people aren't into gaming, it's nice when people that I've come across can relate to it, like family members who aren't into gaming, especially they get why I love it so much because it's not much different to me than reading a book, you know, because right, I love reading right. too. You love a good book when you're that into it and you're page turning and you don't realize that hours have flown by because you're that into it. You forget that it's not the real world. You know, for me, that's doing you a lot of good for anybody. Right. Well, I mean, but like, I mean, get this. So like the t as of 2020, there's 2.7 billion gamers. That's that's over half the world's population, almost, if I'm correct. No. Um, well, it's not far off. Not far. Yeah. Um, I'm bad at math. I was homeschooled. We established this. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's wrong. Again, Google again, it. Get, come back to me. Again, it's just the, the British trying to stifle us. The British try to stop that American. That's all that's happening here, guys. No, you're good. You're good. Again, yeah, carry on, genu carry on. genuinely bad at math. Um, <laughs> um, no, but there's 2.7 billion gamers worldwide. Now that does count. Like I play solitaire gamers, and that does count. You know, I do nothing but Roblox 24/7. Um, nothing against that, but therapy. And so, uh, <laughs> but no. So like, it's a growing trend because gamers make gamers. You know, like with mine. You know all mine play they have their own controllers you know my eight-year-old wanted undertale for christmas you know like yeah. that's what she wanted and we got it for her because it's like okay sure um so like gaming in general is spreading like wildfire not because of the climate but because it offers something that again we can't get anywhere else you know because we're all screwed up we're all gonna fail you know and i think it's one of the it's one of the few methods of of entertainment and engaging with a story where you are an active participant you know right. it's it's a, i love getting lost in a movie i'm a huge film buff so i love um sitting back and listening to you know a great score and just like being absorbed in a great movie but with the it's the the interactive aspect that really yeah. um i think personalizes it you know, and gives it whether it's whether it's how you created your character because it's the way you wanted them to look, right. or whether it's just the way that you act and like you know what today I want to say fuck you and I want to steal your car so I'm gonna do right. that instead, <laughs> instead right. of you know be a businessman in Grand Theft Auto I'm gonna steal your car <laughs> instead this time. Have you um, seen Bandersnatch? Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait for more things in film and series to start. You know. Yeah. That was, that was pretty that. awesome. That it I did... love that this is kind of blends as almost a gaming aspect to it where you, because I love movies too. Not, I'm not a buff like you, but I, I can happily sink an hour or two into them and get that same vibe where you switch off, you zone out, and uh, you get sucked into it. But I yeah. loved watching that where you had some control. It was almost like you were steering the story. 
Yeah, the okay, looking forward to more of that. Yeah, the for the fourth wall breaking aspect of it felt really really mm-hmm. awesome that you kind of realized. Let's be honest, we're all we're all kids who grew up with goosebumps and like anamorphs, you know, mm. and like the the pick your own storyline of stuff. You know, we're all we all grew up with that, you know, or at least the people around me did where you could pick your own story. So I think it was good to, to, you know, pander to that older elder millennial kind of crowd. Yeah. I had a huge collection of those choose your own adventure books. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So many. Mike, what do you think? We, we good to go or we got anything else in the tank? No, I'm pretty good. I think we can just wrap it up. Any other you find gentlemen, David, Matthew, got anything else in the tank before we head out? Yes, actually. Um, I wanted to make a very, um, very quick shout out to the winners Ooh. that we had in the group of the uh, raffle that we were on because uh, long-term members of the group will remember that was from a couple of years ago. Right. They are back in case you didn't know. Ooh. The winner of this one was Ryan Montgomery. So big congratulations, mate. Hell He's yeah. won a Nintendo Switch. We'll be getting that to him ASAP. There were two backup prizes. Um, not backup prizes, sorry. There were two second and third prize. So the second prize was a, an official GD hoodie. Um, that was David Ackett who won that one. So well done to you, mate. And Nathan Perry came in third and won the GD t-shirt. So we'll be getting those things out to you guys as soon as possible. But I really do, when I say thank you for this, I really do mean it because, you know, it's supporting us because yeah. this is brand new. We've got a lot of expansion to do. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background that needs that financial support from the group. And this is one of the things that is helping us do that. So massive, massive thank you for me and all the rest of the team as well. The next ones will be up soon as well. Once we've decided which prizes they're going to be, uh, David, I think we were discussing the first prize for the next one is going to be a choice between either a PSVR or an Oculus um, or HTC vibe. Ooh. Um, some kind of VR choice, essentially, so that whoever wins it can get one up for their system that they don't. I haven't have finalized it yet, but it will be. We're aiming for mm. a PSVR and possibly an Oculus Quest Two. So, yeah. if if Xbox had bothered to go any type of VR, then we would be adding that for any anyone. But unfortunately, right. this one's. Just, that yeah, it will be. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's going to be another another cool conversation for another day. What do we reckon is coming soon? Heck yeah. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations to all the winners. Um, Good job. And, you know, Matthew's right. It does help us here at the show. I mean, we're pretty much brand new. We barely have our legs under us, but we're getting there. We're getting there. You can find us pretty much wherever you find podcasts. Um, (laughs) uh, But if you would, while you're there, um, don't just, you know, follow us and subscribe to wherever you're listening to us at, but give us a review, write a review, leave a five-star review. Um, The review doesn't have to be great. It can be fuck you guys, but remember the five stars matters. Um, As long as it's five stars, we don't care. Um, and I will gladly read some of those reviews too on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. So, but no, it's been fun. This was freaking phenomenal. Um, it's been a pleasure sitting and talking with you guys, and uh, yeah, and we will see all. Well, we'll you'll hear us all next time. All right, this has been Game Dad's podcast. Well, you all have a good one. Good game. Good game, gentlemen. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. 
Thank you all for listening to the GD Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow Gaming Dads on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can reach the show at hashtag GDPodcast or GamingDadsPod at gmail.com. For more information... Dad, are you recording? God damn it!